Week five. What a brutal fucking week for kickers. <laughs> Just horrendous, dude. I mean, have you have you ever seen kicker fortunes turn so fast in a week? No, it was fucking ridiculous. Obviously, the game we're going to talk about had four or five themselves, but... During that one o'clock slate, I, I think I um, saw like seven or eight total missed kicks just at the one o'clock games. Yep. It was unbelievable. Kicking's been sliding downhill for quite a few seasons. It seems like the what sparked it was when they moved the PAT to the 25-yard line. For whatever reason, all kicks seem to get worse. Um, but man, this was this this week was insane. We're going to start off this week, uh, the Sports Memory Podcast. We are talking about week five of the NFL season, reacting to the week, and what a game this Packers-Bengals game was. It might be the most insane game I, I think I've ever seen in my life. I, I, I can't remember a game where <laughs> I was so certain that one team or the other was going to win. I I was, I was so torn, man, just watching that. That was all everything else as far as betting goes was just falling in place, and yeah. then I'm looking up. Green Bay starts pulling ahead, and then then Jamar Chase is scoring every fucking time I look back at the TV. Well, for you personally, I know you were you were uh, riding high on the Packers money line, or did you bet them for the for the wine? I had them both, but I had them at two and a half. But the big the big play was at money line, so I didn't give a shit how it happened. And then obviously with a few missed extra points, I'm like, cool, they're gonna they're gonna win by two, and you know fuck up the other one. So. Man, I don't know what to think of either of these teams. Um, obviously, nobody expected the Bengals to be three and one. I didn't also expect them to be three and two. Uh, the Packers at four and one, um, still with a point deficit in the NFC North, which is interesting. The only team in the NFC North currently with more points scored than they have scored against them is the Minnesota Vikings, who are two and three. The Packers at four and one have more points scored against them than they have scored. I, I, I told you that stat today. Uh, they are the 13th highest scoring team and in terms of uh, points scored and the 20th in terms of points scored against them. And they're 4-1. and one. Quite the season for the Packers. Doesn't matter how you win, right? Nope. It doesn't matter. You could, if you go 17-0 and you're up by 17 points at the se- end of the season, yep. per- perfect, perfect. Aaron Rodgers is just he's so insane, man. He, he's going to do – he's going to put his kicker in position – in this case, he put his kicker in position three times. I'm having, having, I was having flashbacks to uh, a few years ago when Crosby had the uh, that terrible run. It was like half a season uh, where there there was actually talks about getting rid of him. You know, at points, uh, you know, one of the um, borderline Hall of Fame kickers just fucking finding the struggle bus, man. He's, I mean, he is. He's old. He's got he's got that salty hair. Oh, he, he saw him on the sidelines, and it's just like golf, man. When you get the yips. Hard to get him out. Yeah, he had, he had more grays at the end of the game too. It, oh my gosh, man! Can you the, imagine? But how about the Bengals kicker, man? He thought he made the damn kick. He was celebrating. That that was so wild. That was embarrassing. So uh, Evan McPherson, <laughs> zero for two on the day. I mean, just a banner day for kickers. McPherson zero for two. Um, Crosby, what one for four? I don't even. Yeah, oh four for seven. Oh shit! So yeah. he actually made four kicks. But the three missed. Very, very bad. Intense game. Yep. And this, uh, is, this is the same guy that drilled the game winner in, in, uh, at the very end of the game to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Like, he's normally pretty He's, he's been clutch his entire career. Yeah. Um, and I, maybe it's too early to say it, but uh, sometimes you're wrong about things. And as of right now... I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry, but I have been very wrong about Jamar Chase. I, you know, I thought he was going to be uh, a little bit overhyped, uh, but you know, he's proving everything wrong. He's just phenomenal. Jamar Chase is a really good player. I mean, he he does it all. First of all, his stat line's insane: six receptions for 159 yards, 26.5 a catch. That's wild. Um, he's so good. I mean, he's just the next closest guy. He had 159 yards receiving is T. Higgins with 32. <laughs> there was a uh, point where I was watching, you know, turning around to catch that game as I was watching the Steelers games and a few other ones. And I looked up, it was the, uh, the play where he was down by contact, a weird thing, but I looked up at the end of it where he was getting chased into the end zone. I'm like, motherfucker, like middle of a bar, like, man, it's Jamar Chase, screw you. Yeah. Thank, thank God he was down, man. I was, got my heart up because uh, it would have gave the Bengals the lead again at that point. He's looking like he's leading the cha- or the pack in, in terms of rookie of the year. Absolutely, he's crushing. Absolutely, an absolute steal in fantasy. Um, couple couple notes about this game. <laughs> that pass by Joe Burrow, Burrow in overtime. What was that? 
nobody within like 25 feet of that ball. I, I couldn't tell you, but nothing. Uh, Jacoby Percet wins the award for worst pass of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he overthrew. He overthrew everything. It was embarrassing. Dude. All right. So, yeah, the, the Packers game, just absolutely wild, man. I mean, it, the, the Packers just choke out the win. But uh, so Jacoby Brissett, that, that Bucks game, 45 to 17. Brady just running away with the MVP award at this point. Five fucking touchdowns. How, how is this guy doing this? Like, I know he's got talent, but this is, this is insane. This is stupid. This is a guy that, like, he's actually taken everything that he's learned and he implements it every single week. Kind of, you know, kind of growing up, going through school, there's a lot of things that we take in, but we don't really right. use it or remember it. This guy just recalls everything. It's like he knows every single defense, every single um, play audible. It, it just he's re, he's un, he's insane. He's unbelievable. And Antonio Brown with the ridiculous game. Uh, we got some highlights from Lenny, but yeah, this Miami team, this defense sucks. Yeah, they have a lot of what problems. What happened to it? I couldn't tell you. This was one of my favorite teams. This, another I know. another thing I was uh, wrong about. Um, fun little stat. How about 108? Uh, just to backtrack real quick. The Bills plus 108 so far through five games. That's fucking ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Miami, I just, you have to figure it out. Well, so shit is unraveling. I don't know if you heard, but... Um the gym that Tua works out at, and it's also the gym that, like, um, a couple other Miami players work out at. But they started taking shots openly at the coaching and the Miami management. They've since been deleted. But what they were basically saying is, uh, oh, when you know, when Tua's in, it's Tua that's the problem. But when Tua's out, um, you know, nobody blames the coaching staff and all this. Like, he's basically saying, like, Miami needs Tua to win. So shit, shit is truly unraveling behind the scenes with this team. Oh, and and you know it's funny, like you know that sense, like all right, if this quarterback's in, he's the problem. And sometimes people don't go towards the coach. Right. Um, sometimes they, the coach takes too much of the blame, and it's there's never like a happy medium where people are correctly addressing, as far as media goes, like what the problem is. It's always you, you always want to talk about what the problem isn't. Yeah, but what do you, I mean, what do you think? I mean, what is the problem right now? Because all of a sudden, you know, we were just talking about, you know, Brian Flores being the potential coach of the year last year with 10 wins. You know, the previous year he scraped out those wins when, when that terrible Miami offense. So terrible. But now he's starting to take shots. People are saying he's, 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 he's not approachable. Uh, people are saying that his coaching style is, is terrible. Like, what's going on with this? This situ- this Miami situation is getting weird. Probably could be one of the weirdest stories, I guess, as the as the season goes. But man, he's been so like he's been so good. He's overperformed for the last three years, and now you're expecting it. Like this was the year, and nothing. Yep. It's you know I know you have some injuries and some other issues, um, but they're, they're just not figuring it out. And you you have to win. You have to win ugly. You can't really make you can't make excuses. You yep. know it sucks when people get hurt, but fucking figure it out. Exactly. Yeah, it seems like their whole plan at this point is centered around possibly getting Deshaun Watson, which <laughs> there's no end in sight for that le- those legal troubles. Like they seem to have no plan in place whatsoever. And by the way, the the, the thing that I find that's horrible about that gym taking shots, Tua's got like some fractured ribs. Players play with that all the time. Like the gym that trains Tua is like taking shots to the organization. Why don't you take some shots at your quarterback for not toughening out and coming back in? Like if you're saying like, oh, the Dolphins suck because Tua's out. Where is he? Yeah, but he hasn't been that spectacular. I know. And, uh, you know, and I sent you guys the uh, the message the the morning of. It's like, oh, uh, fifty thousand teams just dropped Miles Gaskin as a thirty one point performance, and now everyone's going to pick him back up for his next dud. So if if that doesn't kind of sum up what's going in uh, going on in Miami, I don't know what is. Like no one knows. Weirdest game ever for Miles Gaskin. He led the field in receiving with ten receptions for seventy four yards. Like Jalen Waddle is is being grossly underutilized in this offense. Miami sucks. Yeah. Well, the problem is, I mean, especially like right now, they're so one dimensional with Jacoby Brissett. He did make a few good throws, right? But so inconsistent down downfield. He, he's good for the quarterback sneak from one yard out and call it a day. He's just a dink and dunk guy. He throws these short little passes. I mean, Jalen Waddle. there was a game he had this year where he had 13 targets for 12 receptions, and it was like 50 yards or something like that. Like 12, it was like 12 receptions for 50 yards. Like, 
Yeah, he's, that, he's he's not a good quarterback. That was uh, I think that was uh, Jacoby Brissett's first game where he, from the one yard line he's the last dump off. He throws a screen by yep. himself and for safety. Yep. So Bucks reclaim their dominance. Still some issues with that defense, I think, but that offense looks like it's fired up, man. Oh, they're they're impossible. You you can't you can't take one weapon away because you have all pros all over the field. Yep. They're they're a menace to if you're who you want to start, especially like in DFS. But you're generally going to have a pretty good uh, uh, production value for whoever it is. Yep. And uh, I we're talking about kicking troubles. Weirdly enough, kicking troubles don't plague the Vikings. They do get the winning kick. Uh, Joseph, you know, he's had some troubles this year, but he seems like the answer. But our poor boy Dan Campbell had a this guy. This guy continues to impress me. I'm going to play his uh, press conference. When you uh, when you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So and he's got tears in his eyes for this. Um, but we'll Very be better real for tears. It, you Very know? real. And there again, credit Minnesota, but um, you know, we we made. The one mistake that cost us, you know, and uh, and so ultimately, you know, it uh, we didn't we didn't do enough to win. But I was proud of them, and I love the fight they have in them, and I love the grit. Yeah, Dan Campbell, man, uh, the guy. I, I continue to to just absolutely love this guy. Um, the fact that he's crying, like this is a guy we we joked about it in our last podcast about his true alpha quote, which is so funny. He seems like this, like, like unapproachable, like guy that might be like almost like a frat guy, but he's not. He's this fucking bro, but he's he's a he's the type of bro I think you want to play for. So you know the Lions are zero and five. That sucks, but who expected anything differently? Like I said earlier in the season, they're winning beautifully with a shitty roster. Like for all intents and purposes, the Vikings should have dominated this team, and they didn't. I mean, they went for it. Look at the fucking size of this guy's balls to go for it. You're you're zero four to go for it against the Vikings. Like yeah, I fucking respect it. Uh, did you see the uh, the stat on their losses this season? No, only one team in NFL history has lost on game winning kicks over fifty yards twice in a season, and that's Detroit this year. And we're not even a quarter of the way through the year. It's wild. It's heartbreaking for them, man. I mean, the Ravens look like yeah you know, after the after the Browns loss, if they win tonight, they could run away with the AFC North. Um, it's, it's wild that the fucking Lions almost beat that team. So as a Vikings fan, I, I don't care about the grid of the Lions. I'm done believing in the Vikings after this game. It's a home game. We got to stomp the Lions. There's, there's some serious issues with the Vikings. Um, there seems to be a lot of arguments like at the end of the game, uh, uh, what's his name? Zimmer and Kirk Cousins had like this shoving match and it looked playful but there's some reports that say, like, maybe it wasn't playful. Maybe they were actually pretty fucking pissed off at each other. And that's weird. But I like the Kirk Cousins that goes and shoves his coach on the sideline. Oh, I'm, absolutely. I want to see that you like that, Kirk Cousins. And, dude, you got to give it up for Kirk Cousins. All right. This is how stupid the Vikings are. They they, they received the kick with 37 seconds left. Fucking dumbass, uh, uh, whatever his name is, our kick returner, takes it out of the end zone. What are you thinking? Just yeah. down it. Brings it to, like, the 19. So then Kirk Cousins, with 30 seconds on the clock, has to march up field. Dude, he, he got to give it up to Kirk Cousins, man. People say he's not big in the in the the good in the big moment. I mean, he, Aaron Rodgers, that shit, right in the field goal range, and it was impressive. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always, I've always been a fan of Kirk Cousins, and I'm always going to be soft towards, like, the underdog story. Yeah. Um, until he becomes the one that everyone raves about, then he, he's all, I'm always going to have a soft spot for him. So I like to see him succeed, and you know what? Even Tom Brady has weird games where the numbers aren't there. It's just ugly. You know, team scheme well. Um, you know, shit happens. But in, in crunch time, that's where you want them to be their best. And he was. So uh, that's at least something positive to be going forward on, If even if things weren't clicking throughout the day. Right. Yep. And, dude, we, we were talking about it prior to the pod. This Raiders game or uh, this Raiders game is so bizarre to me. Um, obviously, this week, the, the shit comes out about Gruden. And the shit that came out, I mean, you, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, how are you going to bring up shit from 2011? And I get that. But at the same time, it was said. 2011 wasn't a much different time than it is now. What he said was fucking weird and racist. They go out at home 
and they lose. And I mean, we, we were looking at the stats prior to the game. This might be what the sloppiest game I've ever seen. Justin Fields only had 111 yards passing. Derek Carr, 206 yards with a pick. Like, what are you, what are your thoughts on the Raiders? Like what the fuck's going on with them? Obviously that type of a story that no matter how, how, whatever you want to talk about it, I want to get into that, right. but it's, it impacts the team. Yep. You're, you're going to have plenty of guys thinking about it one way or the other. And if it's on their mind, that's time that they're not thinking about the actual game and per, you know, prepping and performing. Right. Um, it's just, a, it's just another curveball wrench, you know, right or wrong um, truth or, you know, whatever, but you know, damn, this it sucks for them. Uh, you know, Chargers got them unraveling, and it could could be a fun spiral for the uh, or not so fun spiral for the uh, Raiders. I mean, I I I knew it. I haven't believed in the Raiders all season. Second, they went up three and zero or three and one. I started taking shots with them on our page, and people are Raiders fans are so sensitive. It's fucking wild. Come back like whining on our comments and shit. I knew the Raiders aren't for real. They started out six and three last year, and they ended up what eight and eight. They're they're. Until they get rid of Gruden, this team will never be for real, ever. Yeah, I'm still on. I had them set at uh, second in the division. Now I'm leaning, or sorry, third in the division. Now I'm leaning towards them being second only because there's a lot of other issues in that division with uh, obviously the Broncos, but especially the Chiefs, which I, well, I'm going to save them for later on. Yeah. But a uh, lot, lot of issues in three with three of those four teams in the division. Oh, we're going to talk about the Chiefs. We, we've, well, not right now, but we, we've been hammering the Chiefs all day on memes. Uh, it's just such a, that guy, oh my God, we'll talk about it in a second, but the fucking Panthers shitting the bed this week. Um, the, pff, there's another team like, who, what is the Panthers? I mean, this is a team that started out 3-0, Looked really good in those three wins. Everyone's like, oh, Sam Darnold's back. Sam Darnold is the first quarterback in NFL history through four games to have through the first four games to have four rushing touchdowns. People are like, oh, maybe Sam Darnold's just been misutilized. Chuba Hubbard has a great game. I mean, you know, he's not not a not a Christian McCaffrey game, but he rushes for hundred yards. Sam Darnold just shits the bed. Three picks. Yeah. And a cl- and a clutch one to seal it. Yep. Uh you have one more opportunity to tie the game. And this one stings. I was so torn on this because this is my what is like a top six seven game for me, big w- bit win if they hold on to the lead and win right huge huge financial win, but my boy Jalen Hurts found a way to do it ugly first half Carolina plays good defense yeah but kind of similar to the Kirk Cousins situation he got better in crunch time and he fucking figured a way out to win yep. it was impressive yeah and the Eagles defense with a just absolutely I mean Alex Singleton. Like wow, what a game! What a game for that guy. But uh, yeah, Sam Darnold, man, I, I it's crazy. I, I I'm starting to think, man, this it. I just need to stop believing in guys and then betting on them because anytime that I start believing in a guy, they start shitting the bed. And Sam Darnold always has a look on his face like he was the guy in elementary school that used to shit his pants all the time at recess, and he's been running away from that memory his entire life he's just got this stupid fucking face on him i hate him see for me that there's something i will never be able to get over with him i can't see him as a leader like exceptionally good right because he looks like he throws like a lefty to me and i don't know why like there's no there's no reason for it but he looks like a lefty and lefties are awkward for me i don't like it and i can't i'm i'm rooting for him to dump a bunch off to mccaffrey when he's in but i just i can't see it He's, yeah, so uh, Jackie, my wife, was asking me on Sunday, she goes, uh, who's your other fantasy quarterback? I said one of my quarterbacks was Aaron Rodgers, and I said Sam Darnold, and she goes, is that the guy with the tiny face? (laughs) It it is an awkward shape in there. It is. Big head, tiny face. I never really thought about it until my wife said that, but yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, Jackie, it is the guy with the tiny, tiny ass face, but (laughs) dude, some other crazy games, Um, uh, Pat's Texans game. I mean, geez, looked like the Pats were going to shit the bed there. The Houston was up pretty big in the first half. And I was uh, I was getting ready to send you guys a fun little message, but I had too much going on at that time with the Green Bay game in Pittsburgh at the time. But uh, obviously it was Davis Mills. Uh, oh, man, he's playing some next-level quarterback. <laughs> Dude, he played good. Yeah. Three touchdowns, 312 yards. Double-digit lead late. Davis Mills played the Patriots' defense harder than Brady did last week. <laughs> Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, in a downpour, so, you know, th- there's that. But Davis Mills, maybe not terrible. Maybe not. Maybe not terrible. I'm not prepared to say he's not terrible. I still think he's terrible. He's, he's got some more. He's got a lot of long road to uh, to get that um, 
uh, acceptance letter from us. How weird is it that Brandon Cooks was the fourth highest receiver in terms of, like, Chris Moore having a day, Chris Conley? The fuck is this? If I, if I didn't watch any of the games and I looked up and two of my fantasy receivers, Keenan Allen and Brandon Cooks, with those point totals, I would have imagined that we'd have been solid. Brandon Cooks, nothing. He right. was, he was you know, down in the bottom. And, you know, Keenan Allen didn't play bad, you know, because they did uh, dish out the points everywhere else. Right. But, you know, we're talking about the – uh, talking about them having three of the top ten fantasy performers, Herbert, uh, Mike Williams, which we can definitely talk oh to when gosh. we get to that game, and Kyle yeah. Eckler, you know, and they're well, all in the top ten for fantasy, and then you got Keenan Allen at 16. I'm like, damn, man. Well, let's talk about that game. So I, I, I said last week um, I joined the boys over at the two-point uh, uh, two conversation, and they asked me who I thought was going to be the MVP this year, and I said Justin Herbert. Um, I still think that. I know Brady's having great stats, and and honestly, if it's close, they're going to go Brady because it would be such an amazing story to have such an old old guy. But Justin Herbert is the truth. He's the next big thing in the NFL. And as we watch the Chiefs with their struggles and <laughs> Patrick Mahomes seemingly his personal life, is, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if that has much to do with it. But Justin Herbert is the next big thing, and the fact that he's in the AFC West. This guy is a stud. He's absolutely fantastic. I've, you know, obviously I've been bragging about him, hyped on him and the whole team. You know, the, one of the things I said in the offseason was this team is a playoff contender just for getting rid of Anthony Lynn. Yeah. You bring Brandon Staley and he's yep. my favorite for coach of the year. And some interesting stats came out today from that game. It they they had like seven fourth down conversions. Um, in in situations where everyone were was kicking ninety five plus percent of the time, and a handful of them at the hundred percent, whether it was down they're down by uh, like seven or fourteen late, go for it, right? You know, in field goal range, they're down by seven, they go for it inside their own twenty, and they're they're he's aggressive as hell, and man, the fucking balls on that guy, and and it, it even showed it in the game before against the Chiefs, we were watching like, oh, ballsy, love it, great move, respect, we respect the the aggressiveness. Yeah, Staley's the truth. I mean, I, I said it last week. Um, it's time to start picking off guys from the McVeigh tree. Uh, it's gonna. It's the next. You know, pe- people have been trying to pick off from the Billichek tree, and it's been a. It's never been successful. But other guys, you know, picking off like Andy Reid's tree, guys like that. You know, obviously Doug Peterson went and won a Super Bowl. Um, I think McVeigh's the next guy because he's. So smart. He's so good at choosing players. I think he's good at choosing talent around him at coach. And Staley, holy shit, man. He's got this fucking defense. I mean, they let up 42 points, but it's still, it's it, you can just tell that defense is fucking good. Yeah, you know, some wild big plays. And, you know, I think Baker finished with the right around 300. Um, you know, it was a great, it was just a great game. Awesome game to watch. Yep. Um, man, in, intense, but, you know, ugly, uh, high scoring, low scoring. If you're the team that figures out um, the way to win, that that's how you get that's how you're successful you know because you have to be able to win in both both uh, ends of the game because even if you have the best defense or offense there's going to be days where they slip up and have yourself a day derwin james our boy uh, nine tackles uh one sack uh fucking just oh that guy's so good man He's so good matt last year we uh on our podcast we had our um our segments where we were blowing uh, Patrick Mahomes. Maybe, maybe it's time to pass that torch. Maybe we should have a, a few minutes just to praise Derwin James and his fantastic, uh, fantastic, <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, either Derwin James or Herbert. I'm down with either because both these guys are just, oh, Derwin James, have yourself a year, buddy. Looks like you're going to be all pro again this year. Um, but, yeah, wild. Um, and they got they got they got the Baltimore next week. Couple of good games with those t- in the, from that game. We got Chargers, Baltimore, and then uh, Arizona, Cleveland. So uh, we all, we talked about uh, Cleveland. So let's let's get into Arizona real quick. Oh, for sure. Um, man, you have to the the NFC West is gonna have weird games. We saw it Thursday night with yep. with the Rams and Seahawks, and we saw it previously with the the Cardinals and the Rams. So you know, it, I wasn't surprised to see it a weird low scoring game. Kyler Murray's fantastic, but it's. You know, uh, Chandler Jones had five sacks opening week against the Titans. Right, he, he hasn't had a sack since. But it's a, that team's just weird pieces, man, and they and they just keep meshing. And you find out a way to, you know, obviously Trey Lance in his first full start, but you win in ugly fashion, and that's huge. It's yeah. huge. I mean, Trey Lance 
bizarre game. He he just wasn't he wasn't ready for this game. Uh, and but Kyle Shanahan, man, one of the best game planners in the game. Uh, he was ready for Kyler Murray. Help lock him down. If you can lock Kyler Murray down for two thirty nine passing yards, that's that's elite. But you yeah. want to know what's even more elite? Kyler Murray seven rushes, one yard. So it's obvious what the 49ers game plan was. And listen, they had a rookie quarterback who didn't even play his last year in college. This guy is, to say he's not ready for the NFL is an understatement. This guy, if he will ever be ready, which I have my doubts, it's going to take years. If there is one guy that can do it, it is Kyle Shanahan, but fucking Trey Lance, 89 yards on the ground. 89 um, through the air. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 from a fantasy perspective, if you have Eli Mitchell, he truly is the guy when he's healthy. I mean, he dominated the carries. He, the only other guy, I mean, Trey Sermon got one carry. Kyle Shanahan does not like Trey Sermon at all. <laughs> like no, at all. No, it ha- it's obviously some things going on behind the scenes. Right. Um, I don't need to speculate. We talked about it a few weeks ago. But something something's happening, and he's, he's, he's on Shanahan's shit list, and you yep. don't want to be there. Yeah, for sure. But send him to Baltimore. <laughs> Yeah, wild stat lines all around. James Conner, 10, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 10 carries for 29 yards. <laughs> Rondell Moore had more rush or rushing yards than James Conner with three carries. And an incredible <laughs> reception. Yeah, Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore is awesome. Rondell Moore is fucking good. Yeah, he's been solid. He's been better than uh, than I thought. And it's, I kind of, man, I just kind of want them to sign Larry Fitzgerald back. It's so it could be so unfortunate, and obviously this is a wild hypothetical for them to make that run and win a Super Bowl without Larry Fitzgerald. Man, that'd be depressing. Like I almost think it's in the game plan because he hasn't declared his retirement. You're Larry Fitzgerald, one of the greatest. I mean, he's top five all time for sure as a wide receiver. I'd put a lot of guys ahead of him, but he's definitely top five all time. And um, for him not to have like a like a ceremony, like going out. It's kind of weird. I mean, the Cardinals didn't do good last year, so I guess he couldn't walk off into the sunset. Yeah. But it almost seems like the plan has always been, let's bring Larry Fitzgerald back in. But where does he fit with this offense? They have so many receivers. It's ridiculous. Truthfully, he could just be the fourth or fifth receiver. Just be the presence, man. Just be the motivator. Be the extra set of eyes. Right. But it's more of like a tribute to him to be like, hey, you've done so much for this organization since you've been here. Uh, Let's just pay you back and have you here for the, the final push. They might need to bring him in a tight end. <laughs> he could play tight end. Why not? Why not? But yeah, that, that game was uh, boring. I'm glad I didn't watch that game. I thought it was going to be a much better game than it was, but it was it was horrible. Uh, I'd be, you know, we we talk we like to talk about things we're right about. One thing we were right about, the Cowboys are fucking for real. So fucking for real. They are so good. Dude, the, I mean, the Cowboys, I'm, I don't even know. You know, after this Cardinals game, Cardinals, you know, they won the game, but they kind of shit the bed against the 49ers team with a rookie quarterback. The disappointing showing, but Jesus Christ, this Cowboys team, this defense is so good. Micah Parsons is just unreal. That guy's a freak. It's a beautiful thing to watch, man. You're that good that they're getting rid of Jalen Smith, who's an all-pro, I believe, first, second team a few years ago. No, he's a pro bowler. Pro bowler for sure. Uh, Great story, all that. He cut him with a lot of money on the the left to go because Micah is that that good, man. Uh, It's great to watch. Cowboy haters are upset, but they're going to be upset all year long. Yeah, and I'd consider myself a cowboy hater, to be honest. But, um, you know, you you got to look beyond your hate. And going into this year, I'm looking at this roster. You know, I I said it in in our preview pod about the NFC East. Eventually, these NFL drafts are have to shake themselves out. And the Cowboys have had... They've crushed the NFL draft. Whether or not you want to believe that or not, just go back and look at their fucking... Last year, they get uh, Trayvon Diggs, what, in the second round, I believe? Yeah, I believe he was the second-round pick, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. If not, a, a late first-round pick. Regardless, smash that pick. Um, and Trayvon Diggs already with six interceptions. Like, this guy is out of this world. Um, somebody was saying, and I agree with it, uh, Trayvon Diggs, <laughs> it looks like if you, if, if you could take um, uh, Stephon Diggs and just all of a sudden teach him to cover guys because cornerbacks aren't supposed to have hands like this. Dude, the guy's making like the guy's making insane catches. Like cornerbacks aren't supposed to be able to catch. Trayvon Diggs can catch. And of course he's Stephon Diggs' brother, who's obviously got some fucking phenomenal hands. Trayvon Diggs is the truth. He's he's a freak. And yeah, he was a second round pick. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you know 
you can always talk about some interceptions. Oh, it was just in the right place. Uh, that's all you have to be, be in the right place and make the play when it presents itself. Oh, yeah. And that's what he's done. Yep. You know, he's, he, he got handed a pick um, against Leonard Fournette opening, get, opening day, and I know everyone was talking about uh, over, like he hyped up, he had like three picks the first two games or whatever. But uh, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not sure. Watching parts of that game, he was he just gets in the right place and makes the plays. You, that's that's all pro play. Oh yeah, positioning is is everything. With, with you know you can you can be fast speed. How, how many times does speed not pan out, especially at the cornerback position? Look at Trey Wayne's. The Vikings drafted him what seventh overall or something like that because they were dazzled by his speed. Mm-hmm. A lot of these cornerbacks are just ridiculously fast. Even Terrence Newman didn't really pan out until he was like in his late twenties, early thirties. Speed does nothing for you if you don't know where to put your body on the field. Yeah, and now you want to talk about like some of the greats of all time that may not have been necessarily been like the four three Blazers, <clears throat> the best two safeties in the game, Paul Malo and Ed Reed. A lot of their big plays were off script plays where they were just in the right position because they knew what was going on. So right. you have to be able to make those adaptations and fucking go after it. Yep. So, so high 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 aspirations coming in Dallas, man. It's got big things coming. The Cowboys are absolutely rolling. Um, the fact that you know, listen, uh, I I can't wait to see the team dumb enough to hire Dan Quinn as their uh, head coach because this guy is a born coordinator. It's it's actually just like uh, sorry about Scared that. Me there. <laughs> it's actually just like um, uh, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn is actually doing an exceptional job as offensive coordinator for the Lions. Absolutely, he's it, doing a great job with, with those pieces. Like I know the numbers aren't fantastic; they're not pretty over there. Yeah, but they they've got nothing going on. Like it's t- very tough. And some guys, it's you're okay. It's okay. Like if your profession is being a a coordinator, offense or defense in the NFL, you're doing okay. Like that's a good place to be. You don't you don't maybe you don't need that step. Because yep. you, you can be a Hall of Famer, Dick LeBeau, just be a coordinator, be the best at it, right. rush it. And you know you know who you know who has no business being a coordinator or head coach? Jason fucking Garrett. This guy is fucking horrible, man. You, you got you got this phenom in terms of athleticism quarterback in Daniel Jones. He's a freak in nature. He he posted the fastest top end speed of any player, straight up any player, wide receiver, whatever, last year. So we know we know what kind of uh, speed this guy brings, but they're bringing him on like quarterback keepers where he's rushing around the edge. You're, that's just asking for it, man. Yeah. If like at least go up the middle, you know what I'm saying? Where, where players can't get a fucking running start to just bash you in the head. If if, if you just take look at what Carolina's doing, they spread it out wide. Where even Sam Darnold Darnold has success running up the middle of the draw. Use, right, you can use that if you really want to get him on the move. And dude, he you know Daniel Jones won't play next week because when. I think that there are still some cover-ups in terms of concussions in the league. Players thinking like, all right, if I just, you know, pretend. You see him stumble on the field. That, I, I, that was the, he, he was dead. Like, he died. He difficult died. to watch. Yeah, it was. That's scary. It's, it's very scary. Yep. It was, it was ugly. It was. That was, means he's so disoriented that he literally is losing his footing. That's, yeah. that's scary. And with the CTE issues, I mean, this, we could see Daniel Jones bench for quite a few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those concussion protocols, you know, especially for the Giants where everything's wow. looking bad, he should be out next week. Next man up for the Giants, Mike Glennon, uh, with all the neck of of a of a Davis Mills, except for Davis Mills in his rookie season already looks better than Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon looked terrible. Well, it was you know it was really funny. Was uh, he, he had like a drive or what, a drive before, or he had a throw like there's the play before his pick six. He made a good throw. Like oh well, this is what Mike Glennon can bring to the table, and they're just talking as they're in hurry up offense. Pick six. <laughs> Mike Glennon is. Just one of these guys that you wonder how he did what he did because <laughs> it's just classic Bears. He had like an okay season with the with the Bucks, and they made him a made man. They paid him a lot of fucking money, and then he just bounces around from team to team to team. Mike Glennon is a terrible player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> he looks worse than ever, <laughs> and he's still getting paid. Yep. But what the thing about so uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, one of the stories of the game. I mean, he fucking went off. Obviously, had the best game of of his career so far. Um, absolutely crushed it. To be honest, um, he's clearly Mike Glennon's favorite receiver, but that doesn't mean shit. Uh, then he, he goes to punch a player in this game, and he misses the punch. Now, folks, it's so stupid. One of the dumbest things in football is when you see a person take a punch. 
or a throw punch at a guy with with a with a helmet. Now, see guys like uh, Garrett tearing off helmets and then punching a guy or taking the helmet off him yeah. and then hitting him with the helmet. That's what you got to do. Yeah, you got to be smart about it. It's like when you see a pitcher punch the wall after they get fucking teed off on. Well, guess what? Now you're out a month or two, dumbass. Exactly. Kadarius Tony. not only does he try to take punch a player, this is how dumb this motherfucker is, he tries to punch a player with a helmet, but he misses. With, the, with that fucking helmet on your head, which is already pretty big because you're playing in the NFL, is even bigger. How the fuck do you miss that punch? How bad is this guy at fighting? Why are you trying to fight on the field? You've had a horrible season. You're having the best game of his career. You get ejected and and with this embarrassing punch. Kadarius Tony's a clown. If you're going to throw a punch and listen up for future NFL players, grab him by the face mask, take him down, and yep. when the pile comes, you get a couple jabs under the chin. Exactly. And you're safe, and you can, you can maybe get away with not being suspended when they can't see those jabs. It does the same damage, and you only get penalized 15 yards. Yep. Dude, if, not that I condone it. If you're gonna get ejected, get ejected right. <laughs> Take his helmet off, beat him to death with his helmet, and then go on to become the defensive player of the year a couple seasons yeah, later. Ap- apologize. Say, yeah. Just say they, they uh, say the opponent said something racist yep, or exactly. bad about your mother, and you'll be good. Exactly. Uh, the mother or the racist thing it always works. Although I, I still do. I'm still in Miles Garrett's corner about whatever happened, because as much as I don't, I don't necessarily trust that. Uh, uh, Mason Rudolph said something racist. Uh, there's something about Miles Garrett that I just trust, so I I I I, I choose to trust Miles Garrett because he's a fucking awesome dude. I, honestly, I, I fucking love him too. Uh, did, did I tell? We, did we talk about the because uh, they were on um, um, like their pre camp stuff? So he was he was mic'd up. You know they they mic up the players. So uh, what was he saying? He was yelling five zero to everybody. Uh, when they're, when they're going to talk, he's like, yeah, Mike, uh, 5050. <laughs> so everyone before they, we come up to him, before they start talking, he's like, hey, 50, Mike, the, you know, try, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> it, was, it was great. That's great. Miles Garrett's awesome. Uh, and speaking of Mason Rudolph, Steelers Broncos game, it was one of my locks of the week. It just felt right. Uh, as bad as the Steelers have been, you knew they were going to get it together. Um, but it was an ugly win, but it was a fucking win. Both these teams, I think they look across the field at each other and they see each other. They, I think they're the same team. It, it it was the best matchup for what's going on in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And we talked about that. That's why we loved it. Still kind of trying to find a way to lose. Right. Um, at the end, you have to be able to close out games. Uh, something their head coach has also struggled with with his teams in the last decade. But, you know, some injuries, obviously. But it's it's... It was higher scoring than we anticipated, but it was pretty much the game we, we expected. Low score, not low scoring, but just like gritty, weird, not not crisp football. Some good defensive plays, and that fucking defense came out fired up early on. It was great to see. Najee's the truth. Oh, man. Najee's so good, bro. I mean, the fact that he's doing all this behind the, one of the worst offensive lines in the league is is really impressive. He's, he's such a violent runner. Now, he, he doesn't have, like, the same skill set as, like, Adrian Peterson, but I see some similarities yeah. when, they run, when they run. They're just violent. He's got better hands than Adrian, too. He, he, way better hands. Way better hands. Maybe not as explosive, right. but big, strong, uh, explosive enough, but just yeah. physical. And when he gets pissed off in games where they're not playing well, you know, you've seen a few times where he's throwing some big stiff arms and just big contact plays that maybe not necessarily, and if, if you're investing in them as the owners, you don't want to see. Right. But as a fan and as a team, a, play, a teammate of them, it's it's great to see. He's just an asshole on the field, and that's that's how you win games. Yeah. Najee's the truth. Uh, Corlin Sutton has a really good game for the, for the Broncos. Good to see him back and, and playing well. Um, I believe they get... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alabama receiver. I don't know why I'm blanking. Jerry on Judy. Yeah, Judy comes back in a couple weeks. So I think this Broncos team is going to be okay. But yeah, they the Broncos have some serious flaws. I think the Steelers have even more flaws. The difference in this game is that you know the, the Steelers just absolutely grinded out. But uh, Juju Smith Schuster uh, had season-ending surgery last 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 night, which is pretty big news. Yeah. Um, that's going to affect this team. Uh, but I think if you're a fantasy owner of either Claypool or Deontay Johnson, I think they're good enough that I think it'll help you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's a replaceable player, you quote-unquote, if, you know, it's not like Jerry Rice getting cut out or like Calvin Johnson in, like, the best of the best players. So right. like, he's good and he does some things that not everybody can do, but still replaceable as far as targets and what, you know, the on-field production. 
It, but it's no more TikToks for a while. Yeah. And may, maybe that could be the monster boost that Pittsburgh needs. He could have a whole offseason of TikToks. But, yeah, uh, Claypool, I think, is the guy to own in, in this offense in terms of, terms of wide receivers going forward. He's he's super talented. I think he's starting to come into his own, too. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling. I actually took him for first touchdown in that game. I just had a feeling he's going to have a monster day. And, obviously, Deontay's almost only catch of the day started it off. But um, Deontay's a frustrating player to watch. <laughs> if, if there's one thing that uh, anyone could say about me last week, is what I repetitively said, is by the end of this week, the Steelers and Chiefs will have the same record at 2-3 and three and um, came to fruition. Yeah, they, they sure did. But, uh, yeah, that, that game, it, it, honestly, it went exactly as I thought it would. Uh, next game I want to talk about Saints Washington. Um, you know what? This is we just talked about it last week. Got to let Jameis cook, and they did let Jameis cook. What a what a banner! If Jameis Winston makes the Hall of Fame, which I fully expect him to, <laughs> that haters hate it because I still love Jameis Winston. But this is the full Jameis Winston experience. You get the really frustrating interception, the what the fuck just happened on that play. You get the 74-yard bomb. You get a 41-yard bomb. Hail a fucking Mary. Hail Mary. I mean, this is the full Jameis experience. Love it or hate it, they beat Washington on the road. He's looked really good the last two weeks. Jameis Winston, I mean, the, like last week they lost that game, but it wasn't his fault. He played a good game. Yeah, he's just a player. Don't limit him. Don't limit him. Just keep confidence in him when when shit does happen. One of the plays from Tampa I'll never forget is just him. Him and Ben, he reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger so much. Like, they're going to do dumbass shit, but they're going to highlight plays. And a few years ago, uh, broke like broke like six sacks and threw like a fifty yard hail mary to yeah. uh, Mike Evans, who caught it at midfield, mind you. Uh, you know, and just ridiculous, just all time highlights. The guy can play; he just needs confidence and defense that can stand, step up when he fucks up. His receivers are so bad: Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, Adam Trotman, Kenny Stills. One of his receivers is a fucking quarterback who takes. The snaps from him, like, and Taysom Hill got carted off, which, I, by the way, I think, you know, I love Taysom Hill, like, like uh, heal up, buddy. But uh, uh, that might be the best thing that happened to the Saints because now they have to trust Jameis Winston. The dude balled out. He balled out. I mean, I know Washington's defense sucks, but this is the full Jameis experience, baby. Love him or hate him. You know what? Maybe, maybe it's a good dynamic where Jameis Winston goes out, does some dumb shit, then he gets yelled at on the sidelines. Uh, guess who has less... Uh, uh, Jameis Winston has less interceptions right now than Patrick Mahomes <laughs> by a lot. He, he's struggling <laughs> by a, a lot. lot by a lot by a wide margin. Jameis Winston is has less interceptions than Patrick Mahomes, who just looks lost. I mean, let's go ahead and talk about this game. I mean, the the, the Chiefs look lost. Well, real quick before we get into that, yeah. Um, obviously, we were just, you were just talking about the uh, Saints of lack of receivers. Yep. How, how beneficial could it, it could this be like a big swing for them with Taysom going out and Michael Thomas coming back here in two weeks? It can open up a lot of. Is it things. two weeks? It's or, it P P P. So this is go, we're going into week six. Yeah, and I think, so I think it's yes, week seven he can come back, right? Yeah, so within two weeks, you know, it, it could be uh, the start of something interesting in, in New Orleans. But uh, but yeah, anyways, the um, so the Chiefs, you know, man, there's a lot of talk, and one big thing that we said that we've always talked about is you can't be the highest paid person in the world. And they've just had such mo- massive monster contracts right. between him, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, <clears throat> Travis Kelsey, um, and uh, Chris Jones. Uh, they have over $100 million, well, like 120 between them. And they, I get it. Everyone wants their money, but you have you have to have some compensations for a team. Take the Tom Brady method. You're going to get paid somewhere. And – you know, no one's really talking about uh, some of the play calling from the enemies, but now there's some questions, but no one's talking about him. It's every, Everything's going to be on Patrick Mahomes, but there's so many questions. There's so, so many. many questions. I mean, listen, you got to give it up to Buffalo. This is a really good team. I mean, this this is a team that is going to win a lot of games this year. Uh, they're, geez, it's between them and the Chargers for best team in the AFC at this point. I mean, it's 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 really no doubt about it. Uh, Josh Allen is a freak. The dude has never found a guy he didn't want to jump over. Um, and I was I was reading an article today. There, you should Google Josh Allen uh, hurdling players. He's been doing it since high school. 
He's there, there's pictures of him in high school hurting players. There's pictures of him in junior college hurtling motherfuckers. Josh Allen might be the most likable player in the league. I fucking love this guy. I root for him heavily. He's awesome. Absolutely. And anyone who doesn't, like, well, you're probably a Patriots fan, but mm-hmm. um, they're, they're fun to watch. But if, yeah. You know, and so if we can just talk fantasy for a second, obviously I hate fucking defenses and fantasy. Um, I think my defense, the Rams, seven points, still like number seven overall. If I told you that the Buffalo Bills was gonna, were going to be the highest scoring defense against the Chiefs, you'd tell me I'm lying. And I wouldn't believe it either. They're insane. They're like plus five or six points over the next defense, but like that, that's impressive. Yep. And, you know, I hate to say I told you so, which is something that you'll never hear us say, even though we say it all the time. (laughs) I told everybody, literally, I I took CEH on my draft board this year for fantasy and I dropped him off. That guy sucks balls. People that still believed in him going to this year, I, I just asked them, what is it about this guy that you believed in? If you can't be productive with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, I mean, Patrick Mahomes led the team in rushing this game, 61 yards. They, they had some debates on it this morning. I cut a piece um, on first take, and uh, the, everyone's just talking about Buffalo play the game. Hey, run the please run the ball. Yeah, we're going to take Try the, We're going to take the deep stuff, and they still can't do it. And, like, they're gifting you those yards, but he's just not, he's just not it. Nope. Tyreek Hill... Really did nothing. Uh, McCole Hartman led them in receiving. Travis Kelsey with a little bit of a, a worrisome hit on him head-to-head. I mean, this this team is unraveling. <laughs> did, uh, did you see the uh, uh, the play where he caught the ball, was getting tackled, moving to the side, and was like looking to pitch it like he did a few years ago to uh, LaShawn McCoy? Uh, they, they talked about it on like the pregame stuff, and he's just like, yeah, thanks, McCoy, for you know making that a great play. And he's doing it, trying to do it again, looking around. Dude, they, they need to just start forcing it to guys like Kelsey to get something. like that. They did that last year. I mean, this team's been broken. I think they were even broken last year. I think they had no business making the Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Listen, though, folks, um, if, you're, if you're not believing in Patrick Mahomes, stop it. The guy's going to be fine. The Chiefs are going to be fine, I really believe. Uh, their upcoming schedule, uh, they play Washington next week. That's a W. Uh, they play the Titans the week after that. I think that's a W. I mean, and then they play the Giants. That's a W. Uh, intriguing game, though, uh, four weeks down the road, uh, Packers-Chiefs. That's a much must-watch game. That is, that's going to be a fun game because th- those are two highly flawed teams. But the Packers have been finding a way to win, and the Chiefs have not. The Chiefs are 2-3. and three. Nobody could have fucking predicted that shit. That is wild. No, how, how could you? Um, you know, you could predict 3-2, and two, you know, a loss or two in there. Right. But I think they were a fumble away from being one and four against the Browns, man. The road is tough. I mean, they, they have a, I think they have a soft three weeks coming up. And then after that, Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, Broncos. Those, there's no soft games in that list. I mean, this, this is a, uh, it's going to be tough for the Chiefs if anyone can grind it out and win. But, you know, kind of like we've been talking about though today. Uh, you know, the, there's so many distractions, and it started, I think, you know, during the Super Bowl, the week of the Super Bowl, uh, Andy Reid's son goes out and almost kills a guy, you know, drunk driving accident, and that, I, the people that don't, that isn't talked about enough why the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl last year, I think it was so much bigger than people talked about, and I think that's kind of carrying over, you know, this year, Andy Reid goes to the hospital, um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Jackson Mahomes pours water on a guy's head. Uh, Brittany Mahomes gets all this shit this week for you know, these weird tweets. And then this one Chiefs fan tweets tweets at her today and says, uh, hey, you know, you need to step off because the Chiefs were the Chiefs long before Patrick Mahomes and you came along. And, and like, we're getting just as many calls as you say we're not. Like, you need to chill out because you're making the Chiefs look bad. And Brittany Mahomes responded and said, uh, with all due respect, shut up. This family is fucking annoying. And and listen, people people talk about the media overblowing shit. I don't think this is overblown. I think this is actually affecting Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes isn't this guy. It's just unnecessary shit. You don't want to have to deal with that. So unnecessary. Speaking of stupid social media, former Chiefs, now Vikings, Brashawn Breland. I don't know if you oh. caught any of that. Oh, I caught it. <laughs> oh, bro. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, former Chief... 
Shot Breland, he has a tweet. I got it here, so I'll I'll just I'll just read it for you folks. Uh this guy, uh if 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 you're a Vikings fan, he has been public enemy number one. Why? Because he sucked balls all season. And mind you, a teammate, uh Dancer, I think it was Dancer that I read who uh, was out for COVID, was like, dude, own it. Like you're you've been the worst in the league. Own up. You don't have to, you know. Just be a man and own up to it. He's literally the worst-rated cornerback in the league right now, and he has the balls to tweet out. And Johnson. <laughs> yeah, the balls and Johnson to tweet out in a quote. Where is it? Shit. I can't find this tweet. Um, Shot Breland. Anyways, it was something about, like, get my D out of your mouth. Like it was fucking, it was so stupid. Yeah, it was uh something like, uh, you guys know you love me, you love my Johnson, so shut shut up and deal with it. Yep. Now get my D. Yeah, it's like get my D out of your mouth. Like Brashad Breeland, he's he's like one of the worst cornerbacks. He's getting burned by every player that he's up against. Got burned by Jamar Chase week one. Uh, got burned by DeAndre Hopkins in the Cardinals game. This guy sucks. He's not good. Yeah, he's been struggling. He got fucking boomed, too. Yeah. Uh, boomed. Boomstick. Yep. And, and it's not like he's, like, a young player or anything like that. He's 29 years old. Like, why is he talking shit like this? Like, grow up, dude. You're going to you're gonna fucking get some shit from a fan base that doesn't know who you are. Like, yeah, you played in a Super Bowl. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares. You suck. But, uh, yeah, Chiefs are in trouble, buddy. Chiefs are fucking in trouble. Um, Titans-Jaguars game, not much really to say about this game. Uh, Derrick Henry is by far the number one running back in fantasy. He he it's always... Crushing. Every single year for the last three or four years, he mm-hmm. always has that one monster game and it, against the Jags no matter what. No matter how good Jacksonville or bad they are, yep. he always goes off for just ridiculous numbers. Um, you know, good for him. Um Actually, it's kind of good to see backtracking to Dallas real quick. Zeke Allen get on, um, getting on track. Yeah, he getting, is getting more touches. Um, oh, he absolutely is. But yeah, but right now that that's that's the Titans like method. Like fucking feed Derrick Henry. He gets better as the game goes on. Yes, he does. And, and you love you love seeing one seventy eight and three touchdowns or however many yards. It's one of the most bizarre players I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah, his stat line in this game. You know, it's it's not overly impressive in terms of yards per carry, but still four point five yards. You you'll never be unhappy about that. No. He's just a workhorse. 29 yards, 130 or 29 carries, 130 yards, four and a half yards of carry, three touchdowns. Um as <laughs> zero receptions, of course. <laughs> the Titans barely even had to throw the ball. Their leading receiver in this game was Marcus Johnson. Who who even is that? I have no fucking clue who that guy is. Yeah, they, you know, they're, they're banged up, man. Yeah. They they are. So, and you know, it's funny is even with like Derrick Henry. They get 10 in the box, and he's still going to have days where he just fucking balloons. Yep. Um, it's awesome to watch. Maybe, maybe there he's going to have just enough touches, which he is um, looking right now. And the next closest I see as far as carries right now is 90 with Nick Chubb, and uh, Derek Henry's got 142. Right. Fucking milk milk that workhorse while you can. Absolutely. Uh, go, go break Eric Dickerson's record so he can come on Twitter and say, oh, well, he's got another game now. Oh, he's on pace to break it. Um, and, and Shatter. Yeah, he's well, not not really shatter. I, th- I think he's yeah, he's he's looking good though, and I, I still think he's got his, his best games ahead of him. But man, I do worry about these these reps he gets. How many reps can a guy get in a season without just getting worn down? But uh, Jaguars, in terms of their defense, not really grinding. No, not it, really grinding. It, 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 not grinding <laughs> at all. You know, I I can't wait to uh, start walking up behind you guys and be like, Urban. <laughs> Urban will finger up the bomb. Yeah, yeah, one or two. But um, this was kind of a big game after all that shit. Like you had to assume the Titans were going to win. For me, I wanted to see how the Jags players were going to respond, and them just sh- shitting the bed is not not a good sign for uh, uh, Urban's tenure. Yep, they were shitting the bed. Uh, a couple guys that weren't shitting the bed. James Robinson is coming alive. So this this bothers me so much about this Jaguars team. I love Etienne. I think he's going to have a great career. Obviously, he had the unfortunate injuries out for the year. But why did you draft Etienne? I get it. He played for he played with Trevor Lawrence, but it's almost like a nostalgia pick pickup. To me, it's fucking dumb. You already had James Robinson. Like, no, it's first first round. You could have got him in the second round. Yeah, you probably could have got him in the second round. And also, like, maybe you just don't draft a running back because you already got a really good one. 
You know what I'm saying? James Robinson, 8.3 yards a carry, 149 yards on the ground. Um, he's so fucking good. Like, what were they thinking with that draft pick? I don't understand it at if all. If they want any chance to maybe not even be irrelevant, because I don't know if that's possible at this point, but, like, any chance to really compete, give him the fucking ball. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's averaging almost six yards a carry still. He's really good. You got to get the ball in his hands in different ways, man, and, like, you have to you have to have ball control to a help your rookie quarterback. That's what we've always known. If you have a rookie quarterback, you got to run the ball to help them out in times, especially if you don't have a good defense. Yep, it's just completely mismanaged, complete mismanagement by everything in Jacksonville. Yep, it's horrible. Carlos Hyde, I know you play for Meyer or whatever, but you, you know you're not really the answer. <laughs> Last game, which was actually the first game of Sunday, we got to talk about it because I do think it's funny. Um, you know, we talked about the meme. I recreated the meme, credited the original page that I did this week. They're not sending the best, <laughs> the Queen of England, to uh, in terms of what games we're exporting to England. Jets Falcons actually turned out to be somewhat of a fun game. I've, honestly, I love that. I was ner- I was actually really nervous from a gambling perspective as right. to how my day was going to go. Um, obviously, Kyle Pitts' first touchdown was my one pick. Uh, Jets to cover, Jets to win, and over. So late on in the game, it was 27-17. Uh, and then I was like, man, can we just get a fucking garbage-ass field goal from the Jets here to hit the over? Sure enough, they go down. And, and they should have kicked it earlier, but they're trying to punch for a touchdown. Right. Sacked at the 30, kick almost like a 48-yarder to hit the over. I'm like... Today's going to be magical, or I'm fucked for the rest of the day. All the good luck's gone. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, just, it, was, it was a fun game. Battling on both ends. Obviously, Zach Wilson gets another interception. Um, I wanted a defensive touchdown somewhere from either side. Yeah. Zach Wilson looked bad again. Um, but uh, Kyle Pitts comes alive. And, dude, Mike Davis is so bad. He's just such a bad player. Cordero. Cordell Patterson is the starter. I don't care. He didn't have a, a necessarily a great game on the ground, but he also added seven receptions for 60 yards. What a stud Cordell Patterson is. Uh, Mike Davis, though, what a fucking dud. They, they even tried running a uh, like halfback sweep pass with Cordell Patterson, and uh, but but no one got the memo. Like one, All the receivers that were supposed to go out were blocking, so he's like running the throw pass, and no one's running around, so he got fucking drilled. One of the most interesting players. I mean, you don't see many uh, renaissance at the age of whatever he is, 29, 30. I don't even know what he is. but uh, he, wow. he's, he's up there. He had a lot, you know, for so long in Minnesota, underutilized. Yep. And he just he always found ways to have, like, a game-breaking play here and there. Just never really gets the opportunity, no touches. And now, now it's, you know, he's, he still has his role. And Chicago mismanaged him as well. but Chicago mismanaged him way more than the Vikings did. Because you, you do have to remember, when Cordell Patterson played for the Vikings, we had Adrian Peterson. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I get that. But it's just one of those guys that, you know, maybe you just got to find way, weird creative ways to get him the ball. Yeah. And Atlanta, as for all the shit that they do wrong, they're at least doing that right. Yep. And the other thing that they did right on Sunday is what you just talked about. Fucking get the ball to Kyle Pitts. You drafted him that high. You, you force feed him if you have to. Like, but... He's talented, so yeah, he is. So some of those games where he had four targets, that's unacceptable. Kyle Pitts came alive. Cordero Patterson even threw a pass in this game. I don't know if you saw that. Well, that's what I was, that's what I was talking about. It was a sweep. So it, it was just yep. a, it was a thrown out of bounds. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But uh, so Matt Ryan, um, one of my favorite parts of this game. Well, it's definitely my favorite part of the game. Uh, the post game post game interview, uh, they asked him. Uh, hey, so last time you were in England, you blew a 17 point or no, you were up by 17 points. Last time you were in England, you blew a 21 point lead. Uh, what do you think about that? Matt Ryan responded. Uh, I know that the game is never over. <laughs> no, you don't. You're the biggest choke artist in NFL history. No, you don't. But uh, yeah. So what, what? what's the next game up? Miami. Miami Jaguars in, in England. I'm sorry, England. Like, if, if you're trying to come around and watch the NFL, uh, the games we're sending you is is not the ticket. Just buy a Sunday ticket and watch them at 1 a.m. or whatever you have to do. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, buddy. Let's wrap this up. Any closing thoughts about the week? Brandon Staley will be head coach of the year. I think I think that, that looks very, very good right now. I, I honestly don't really know... Who could compete for it? Fuck, maybe Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I no chance I'm giving that guy that award. So what happens if it is uh, King Cliff? 
could be Cliff Kingsbury, only undefeated team in the league. Who knows? Who knows, man? It's, we, we got a long way to go, but it. Uh, Car- Cardinals are winning in a lot of ways, and I don't think coaching has anything to do. With it. No. <laughs> I will never believe in Cliff Kingsbury. I, 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 I just cannot believe in this guy. Uh, my takeaway of the week is that it is 100% time if you haven't already to buy in on the Chargers. Uh, Marcus has believed. Marcus called them as as the Super Bowl pick for the AFC. Um, we know what the Bills brought. But the Chargers, if they can survive a slugfest like they did with the Browns this week, they can win any game. They've already beat the Chiefs. What more do you need to see from this team? They're fucking good. Oh, by the way, uh, they barely lose to the Cowboys. And at the time, it looked like that loss. That loss looks a lot better in hindsight, considering how good the Cowboys are. We're also a really fucking good team that nobody expected. All right. Except us. <laughs> On to week six. We'll be back later this week with the podcast to preview week six. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night.